What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the seventh installment of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Here we are on this Friday, July 9th episode. I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. As always, Noah, what's going on? We are back for another episode. Let's get it going right away. Let's get it going, Noah. In the last couple days, there was something that we kind of had a feeling about. Let's get into it real fast. Saku Dembele. There is news coming out now that... He, apparently, a lot of people thought that he was medically retiring from basketball altogether. Matt Varney, of the 103.5 ESPN program director, who we know, um, tweeted it out. And we've kind of known that for a while. That's what we've been hearing. What we've been knowing from other people, right, that uh, maybe this was going to be the case because we noticed on the... Um, school website or the athletics website for the basketball team that he was no longer on it so we were kind of wondering what was going to happen and we saw that this that he probably was not going to play this season recently and then matt went ahead and tweeted it that it was breaking news and saku himself tweeted that he's just taking a break not retired so this is big news now as we know for rotation purposes and everything so kind of kind of strange isn't it it is uh we talked about it before the last episode we did that uh, weren't sure if we wanted to talk about it, really didn't know if we should talk about it, but we wanted Saku or the the team itself to be able to announce something. Uh, Matt Varney went ahead himself and whatever sources it told him that he's going to medically retire, which Saku cleared it up himself, which is good for him to take a break Maybe to try to get fully healthy, I don't know. To me, maybe that sounds like taking a year off, getting healthy, then finding a new place to play. That's the way I take it. But it's definitely weird, especially the way it happened, the way it went down. Yeah, it's just weird because he's just taking a, you know, he was going to be a cog on this team if he was going to play. And then all of a sudden he's taking a year off. Excuse me, like, I don't know how that can just happen. You know, he's redshirted before. Um, he's been hurt so much, as we know. It's just weird how he can just say he's just taking a break. Yeah, like you said, he could just get healthy and maybe end up going somewhere else. Not sure the kind of – is he just going to be on the team now for – to be, you know, just be on the sidelines? Is he going to practice? I mean, I, it's kind of confusing. We don't really know. It's kind of just strange how he would just want to sit here and how they could just let him waste a scholarship – and it's just all kind of weird. I wish he would transfer or something because it's just all strange. As we knew, you know, he was third in line and big, you know, from either my point of view or yours, going big or small. We know that J.D., Anthony, and Kyler were going to play ahead of him, no question about it, that he was going to be the fourth guy unless Scotty practiced hard and came out of nowhere. So now since he's out of the picture, Scotty will probably have to – you know, be a factor in this. You know, we're, three is seems like it could be deep enough at big, but you never know, foul trouble and injuries. So, Scotty, we're thinking now, will play a factor because we did once say that we thought Foster was going to probably be the only freshman that was going to play this year, get a lot of minutes, but now that might switch to Scotty. Uh, that is really notable news. We made sure we wanted to start with that one. And 
as updates go along on our Twitter account, we'll be sure to keep posting if there's anything else with them, because like we said, it's just a little strange. So, moving on now, no, let's get into updates on Marcus Damask and J.D. Mawila. Todd tweeted a couple, or a couple days ago, not too long ago, about the updates on those guys. We knew Marcus was updated or cleared in early June to play, and he's been uh, fully participating in summer workouts. J.D. still working hard, Todd says, but has not been cleared for full contact yet. This was on July 1st, so here we are eight days later. He said it could be August or September for him. So he got hurt, when was it? No, it was right before, obviously, the Louisville tournament in November. It was a meniscus, I believe. Um, so he's had all this time, however many months that is, nine months to get back to, to normal per se, but if he's still not taking full contact yet, what's that tell you? It either, either there's something that, uh, to me, I feel like they're just making sure he's 100% ready to go back in 100% shape, that he can give us all, that they're just being precautious with him since we got still, we got a couple months till the season starts to really ramp it up and get going, so... I mean, or you could look at it the other way that they're still they're still not sure it's 100% healed that there's something there, but to me I'm just saying it's going to take the positive side of it and they are just being precautious with them. For sure, and uh, uh, you know as we know that um, you know meniscus meniscuses are hard to return from. And we have seen him before in videos the team has posted that he's been working out. He's been doing some stuff. We haven't seen him. I just remember seeing a video of him and Maman working out. He was, like, shooting free throws. So I think that might be all he's doing. He might be shooting a little bit, doing a couple stuff. So we haven't got the full details on video-wise of seeing what he's been doing. Maybe that's why. I'm pretty sure they've known about the Saku thing for a while, I'm sure. And that's why they're showing a lot of Scotty, a lot of videos of Scotty working hard and stuff. So they know he's going to play. So... I'm sure that, you know, stinks for the team knowing that Saku's not going to play and that JD's not even full contact yet. Thank God that Anthony came back. Even though we haven't – I remember seeing Anthony in some videos months back. But we haven't seen him lately. Um, he might not be there. He might be doing something else uh, outside of the team. Who knows? But we know Kyler's there. So the depth is there. Hopefully, Scotty, we know, comes in and is ready to work because with no Saku and JD yet full contact, it's – Hopefully those guys start working really hard this summer to get where they need to be. Those are updates on those guys. Noah, let's get into uh, – because we found out by Stu Durando. He covers around the St. Louis area, college sports, for also the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter, reported on the July 2nd that SLU had a basketball schedule update that the game against us, which is, was going to happen at Banterra Center – push back to next season. So we're kind of uh, frustrated with that just because we know SLU is going to be a really good team. And as we know, Jordan Goodwin is full through to the NBA draft. We were hoping he was going to come back. And even Hassan French, you know, as we know, he's been working out to try to play tight end for your Tennessee Titans. Um, not sure. How that's, uh, it was a couple weeks back we saw that. Not sure how he's doing now. But those guys are legends at SLU. If they would have came back, they would have been an all-time team, easy tournament team, easy you know, big time, uh, you know, big time team in the Atlantic 10. So 
it's kind of unfortunate that it gets pushed back a year because we know this team, they were going to be good this year, weren't they? No. Yeah, if those two would have came back, they would have been lethal. They would have been a top 25 team with Francis Okoro and others back, plus um boy from Memphis. That's Jordan, Nesbitt. Jordan Nesbitt boy coming in from Memphis. So, uh, yeah, but they're still going to be very good. I know they think they're in a tournament with Illinois State in the beginning of the MTE tournament. Then I think they play late and around Christmas they're playing Drake. So, so it's it's disappointing. I think we should – it's like Murray State and SEMO. We should play them every year. I'd – some people say we should play SIUE every year, but that's a waste of time because they're an awful program. So just leave them out of the conversation. But, yeah, we should be able to play, especially an A-10 school, that kind of level of opponent every year in, yeah. our, in our backyard. Yeah, I agree. And we've always thought, and I don't know how many rumors there's been, you know, they're in a solid conference now. It just seems, you know, because they're in, you know, where the Missouri Valley takes place, you know, for the tournaments and everything else itself in St. Louis, that it would make so much sense why SLU would be in the Missouri Valley. Not saying that would really be a, um, uh, whatever the word is, um, and up on everybody else because there are everything like that is in St. Louis for them. They would have an advantage. But I just, I just always have wished SLU was, was in our conference. Um, so, yeah, to where we play them every year, I feel like we should. And you mentioned SIUE. Yeah, we think that's a game we should win every year. I remember just years back, you know, the game that they beat us at home uh, on that last shot, you know, so it's been closer games and probably should we haven't played them in a couple of years now. But, yeah, you're right. Teams like that, we feel like we should play every year. So it stinks that uh, that suit game got pushed to 2022 or 2023 season. Um, okay, Noel, let's get into because as soon as we posted our last pod, we had a couple guys come out that uh, there was offers or interest going into this month of July. That is correct. Uh, right after we posted our pod, uh, Brian Moore, he's a point guard at Northeast Oklahoma Community College, a JUCO. He has offers from us, Robert Morris, Iona, UIC, New Mexico State, Arkansas State, Oklahoma State, St. John's, Maine, UMBC, and others. So that is one to look at. Plus, to go along with, we don't know exactly if he'll be the, going back to Saku. If he leaves, that is another scholarship for next year. So we will be able to bring in two guys next year if Saku decides to continue to his career elsewhere or actually medically retire. So that's another thing. Then uh, we had interest and in talked to this. I think he visited also Chiron Lindsay. Uh, we offered him on the 28th of June. So he is out of Denton, Texas. He's I see him listed from 6'6 to 6'8 on other on various sites. So I'm sure he's he says he's 6'8 on his profile. So says he's a small forward slash power forward. So he's a wing, a forward. He is the size that the ideal size, especially at this level. So he sticks out for sure. So we offered him. He's been rising and recruiting lately among programs. Then we we uh, this guy visited Loyola, but we had expressed interest according to Jake Lieberman, six uh, seven guard Daniel Egbun Egbun Egbunway or Egg, something Egbunway. Something like that. Uh, six seven guard. 
We expect interest from him. He looks like a lengthy wing, so that's another great kind of player we need. Then uh, we offered uh, Brian Taylor of Desmond, Desmond Jusset. I think it's out of St. Louis. Coached by. Coached by the great the Ken Williams. Williams. So there's definitely ties there. Him and Brian, I'm sure, have talked a little bit. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the better or hottest recruits in the Midwest right now. So I think they've been on. He's been on Atlanta playing AAU ball. So he is. He's got other offers um, right before us, almost a week ago. SAUE, which heck, I hope he'd make the right SAU choice there. Wichita, uh, Miami of Ohio, SEMO, yeah, Wichita, Eastern Illinois, a lot of OVC and a lot of MVC. Yeah, uh, he's a six-four guard and says he's an above-average athlete at the rim, physical driver off the bounce, makes perimeter shots off the bounce, and the catch. So that'd be a nice asset to bring in. Then the last one is Brandon Brown, a six-three guard, at a somewhere in Kentucky, I believe. But he had he has offers and interest from some bigger name schools like Georgia, Boston College. Marshall, Army, Navy, those are the main schools he's being looked at by, plus others. So that's another one to add to the... Yes, Georgia is a pretty big one. Boston College, we know, is a good ACC school. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's really talented, too. We'll keep an eye out for him. Um, So that's it right now. I mean, that's a decent amount, you know, three or four. So... um, you know, I feel like it's changing every like every week and a half or two weeks. There's always something new, somebody new. Especially, it seems like every time we post our recent podcast, that someone else comes out of nowhere. So there's an update on those guys. Um, we did notice also in the last couple of days that SA tweeted a bunch of the new guys. They've been posting a lot about the new guys. They're posting from from uh, high number to bottom. So they posted. Ben, number 25 video about him, and they posted about Troy. Posted about Scotty earlier today, which, like we said, we've seen videos of him. He looks like he's ready to tear the rim down, and he's working really hard. So, uh, as we mentioned, he's ready to go. And I'm sure tomorrow they'll be posting about Foster wearing number zero. They gave a shout-out to Chris Cross today for Follow Friday. We know how hard Chris Chris Cross works. Just an update about what, what the team's up to. Um... Going back to recruiting, since it's the it's the opening period for July down in Birmingham, Alabama, Matt Reynolds tweeted that uh, part of our staff is down there checking out during this 237-team tournament between 17U to 15U. SIU is there along with other Valley schools like Loyola, Northern Iowa, Indiana State, but also teams like North Carolina, Michigan State, Michigan, Gonzaga, Wake Forest, Florida, Memphis, Notre Dame are also there. So wow. our staff is on the move down in Birmingham, Alabama, looking around the country, looking for some talent to bring to SIU. Which you think, you know, because I know there was a place where uh... – just an example I've never seen on a thing that, you know, Kentucky and Coach Cal, they're also out and about looking at stuff. So if you if you get people from UNC and all these top schools that you just mentioned around about, sounds like our guys need to step it up a little bit. And uh, 
Those are big time, uh, big time tournaments. These I do not see him in this picture. The guy posted. I do see Sean May in the picture, and looks like a, I don't know, a couple other guys that I didn't recognize. Yeah, I can't really tell, but there's that one, and then there's another one, right? There's a, uh, there's a, there's a guy Ryan James at the platform that teams like Appalachian State and all these others, and that were also there. That where is that at? Can't tell. Uh, Prep hoop circuit looks like this probably the same one. Probably the same place. Different two different guys tweeting about about the same place. Tweet minutes I use there. Um, but those in his tweet, it's more of a yeah, it's in Birmingham as well. Smaller schools, same place. Okay. Uh, so we know that we're in attendance at some of those spots. That's good to know. Um, so yeah. Uh, there's all of those, and I did because Andy Katz, you know, he always posts about, and we did tweet about this, he always posts about his uh, his Power 36, and as soon as, like, Johnny Juzan came back from UCLA, they were his number one team, but he had his 36, and no Missouri Valley teams in the top 36, but under the under consideration, teams that, uh, as we expect, the uh, at Drake, Missouri State, and Loyola, and that under consideration to be up there. And as we mentioned in our tweet, not only them, but teams that we'll be facing in the Paradise Jam. Colorado, Colorado's our first opponent in that tournament. Uh, we know that how solid they'll be this year. They were in that Colorado State, a lot of hype around Colorado State. So I'm really kind of glad that we're in, that they're in our tournament. So if we end up facing them off, that could be a really good matchup if we could pull something off or just compete with some of these guys. And as we know, Creighton, Creighton lost a couple players to the draft, but they'll be good as we know again. So it's nice to know that um, there's some hype around those top three teams that, we'll, that we're playing to start the season that it could help our strength of schedule. It could help everything for us if we could somehow pull off some magic against those teams. So we did notice that hopefully November gets here sooner than we know it. Um, we did notice when they tweeted about Cash that he said, forever grateful, forever blessed. So we know that he's still happy to be at SIU. Um, what else is there going on? No. Other than that. Other than that, we, oh, uh, we did want to mention or talk about the whole thing with college basketball now with the uh, name, image, and likeness and how it's already for the last week or more running wild across the country for a lot of people. And we just got to thinking about from SIU's point of view, because we know Todd tweeted whenever they were on that conference call with all the coaches, they asked Brian how much he thought that he could have made if this was whenever he was in school. And he said $10 for an autograph, which as we know, kids growing up back then and how popular those guys truly were on those teams that, yeah, I mean, I could have convinced my dad probably to pay $100 for one. That's how great they were. They could have made so much money. Him, Jamal Tatum, Tony Young, and Todd did mention that, you know, they could have went for 100 Tony Young could have went for 150 because Tony Young was my favorite player on those teams, how popular he was. Yeah, so all those guys could have made bank, couldn't they? Oh, yeah, I remember going to basketball or a Saluki basketball camp as a kid, and uh, I remember having a uh, – I saw you ball signed by all of them, so I still have it. So if, I, if it's worth any money, I could sell it to somebody. Right. No, I mean, I, hell, I'd, I'd probably buy it from you. Um, yeah, those guys, because how big we were as a mid-major, being ranked and everything around the whole country, those guys could have heard stuff all around the country. 
because uh, we just mentioned with Johnny Juzenka about the UCLA, I remember people saying how he's in LA. Like not only because he's a good player and he's on a good team, but he's in LA. Imagine all the uh, the uh, people that could be offering him tons of stuff out there. And for these guys, mid major being ranked at SIU, and how big we were that around the country, around this whole region, could help those guys out and making money. So. That's a nice topic. As we know, this probably should have happened a long time ago. <clears throat> and it's probably going to be a little crazy with a lot of stuff. It's going to be a lot of a lot of players making a lot of money yeah, in every sport. Not a lot of not uh not a lot of everybody knows the rules and I'm not sure besides like you can't sign, you can't like alcohol, all that kind of crap, but uh you can't wear like if you're for a local bar in your university town, you can't wear your school unless the school. Because I know LSU cornerback Derek Stingley, there's a local bar that their sponsors are the school, so he can wear like LSU okay. stuff in the commercials. Yeah, so. for instances like that. Yeah, stuff like not yeah, fully affiliated sometimes. So yeah, it's just going to be an easier way for guys to get paid to go to schools. Exactly, and um. You know, the NCAA is tired of having all these top basketball players going to the G League and leaving college because we know the better players that play in the NCAA, which means if they make the tournament, a lot more money for the NCAA and everybody else. And so the NCAA finally pulled the trigger knowing that they were tired of having all their high school players going professional to make money. So they're knowing, which not everybody's all, because not everybody's all obviously going to get these opportunities from people. You know, I think maybe some. Some businesses or whoever might go to each team and like, you know, offer it to almost everybody. I'm not like most of the people on each team is going to have something. I think they're not going to leave some players in the dust, even walk-ons or bench. It it just depends. But so I mean, everyone that could be also a downside is that you're not obviously guaranteed any opportunities. So that's why well, if I have the chance to go pro, if you're a top notch and you're able to go pro and get paid, you're going to get paid in college for all that stuff. So. It can differentiate, obviously, how good you are and stuff, but a lot of a lot of teams could benefit from this as well. Like we said, it should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, it's just like today that the overtime starting their own league or whatever, and they had the number three prospect. 16-year-old. Yeah, 16-year-old number three prospect in 2023 going pro at age 16, which, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But I think this is going to be – better spread more easily to spread out talent across the country instead of guys like all five stars going to Duke or the top places, which would be good to see make college basketball more throughout better. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Yeah, a lot of parity. Because if you, you know, a player would go to Duke, that's in Durham, North Carolina. But if I had the chance to go to... Who knows? I don't know. This is a bad example. Like Syracuse, who, yeah, I mean, your your winning isn't as good as Duke's, but if I go to New York compared to being in North Carolina, I can have more opportunities for a lot more other things. New York's an example. Anywhere in California, anywhere big city-wise. So a lot of parity could go down. So there's so much going into this. It's kind of just nuts, honestly, and it could get, could get kind of crazy. Dana Altman at Oregon is really excited about this. Cause yeah, because Oregon, the whole Nike. Yeah, like defensive end is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. KB on Thibodeau is, is signed a deal with a line with Nike that is, I think, is going to be making six figures this year. Yeah. I so mean, that, I mean, 
there's a whole lot of conspiracies or opinions on if top football, top basketball programs have gotten paid over these years anyway. But especially if you're a football player like him, who you know you got to stay for three years, and you, let's say they don't make anything, that this just helps big time. And football, with all the amounts of people on the teams, that not everybody on the football team is going to get paid. You know, the best players, the future draft picks will. Some might. But, yeah, if you're at Oregon and your Phil Knight helps you out with all the Nike stuff, yeah, you have a good shot. And if you're a world-class player, so – that's our opinions on that. You know, there's a lot to go into, as we said. Can't wait uh, to see uh, Marcus Damask on a portable warehouse. Something. I, so many. We haven't heard anything yet on any player, seen anything for any players around here getting opportunities with people. We have seen, though, uh, Marcus and Troy have on their bio that they're a Barstool athlete. We know, as fans of Barstool, that, they, uh, that Dave Portnoy started that whole thing. Started with a uh, volleyball player somewhere. And they got hundreds of. I don't know how that happens. I guess you can just DM them, and if there's a thing to fill out on their, it's Barstool. Have any? Uh, it's Barstool Athletics. You basically just go out there and fill out a thing, and they basically just approve you. And they have an account. I think it's Barstool Athletics yeah. or something. And they've been posting. I know I seen Taylor Hall get on there today. So Taylor Hall. Right. I did, yeah. So I did see that. he is on there. I know. Uh, Pardon my take, an individual show is individually picking a couple athletes that connected to the show. I know Bustin' with the Boys is uh, actually starting their own too, so it's going to be it's cool to see getting into this. We'll learn more about it as we go along, but it's going to be more helpful for the NCAA to get going. For sure, and like we said, we haven't seen other players – on the team get uh, any opportunities that they posted about yet fully so we'll be sure to get that out because that's kind of cool for those guys I'm happy for those guys if they get those opportunities so so a lot to cover and it feels like a short amount of time on this pod um you know with the recruits and the Sakunus is pretty big as we know we've talked about them in our rotation possibilities for a while and as we know we've seen in our insights that there was something going on when we didn't see him on the on the uh, roster on the website. So kind of interesting. We're really looking forward because we both like Scotty and his potential being that big. Um, that he'll be working. He'll be ready to take that spot. Um, so this coup news is pretty big around, I'd say, the Valley. I know a lot of teams know about Sakuri. He's been around a long time. And if they know that SAU is going to get deep and big this year, that that kind of took a hit. So um, what is it? Uh, so yeah, uh, do you want to shout out Cindy Stein? Oh, yeah, you should have just said that. Sorry, sorry for the delay. Um, yeah. Yeah, Cindy Stein, this is gonna be her last season as coach at SAU Women's Basketball. She's been there. She's been there a long time. She's had a good career. Shout out to her. Um. Yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, job for somebody down the way, whether they uh, hire one of their assistants, bring up one of them, or go outside. It's kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, shout out to her for a good career here. Um, hopefully they go out on top, near top in her last season because we know Missouri State for women's. It's pretty tough to get by, kind of like our Loyola. So that's all to cover today. We'll be sure to keep um, – we actually – 
have started to rummage around with a new logo, not only for basketball, but for football, for the account itself, along with the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's actually already on our accounts. We're still we're still working with them, so hopefully no one's fully noticed. We haven't tweeted about it yet or made a post about it yet. We're still uh, working with our pictures and our new logos. Just trying for something different here. So if you guys want to end up checking that out when we get that up, go for it. Um, time for a new look for this for this fan page that we love doing for football and basketball. So that's it for the seventh episode here today on this Friday, July 9th. Like we said, I hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Looking forward to the dog days of summer for this basketball team. Looking forward to uh, for workouts going into November for the Paradise Jam, where we can hopefully make some noise. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. This is the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Until next time, as always, go dogs.